0: Hit the lights.
1: You've discovered the Half Watt Podcast. We want to educate and entertain by tapping into the most trusted source of new technology, the ones installing and innovating it. You, the tradespeople that build from the ground up. Join us as we talk with industry leaders, veteran contractors,
2: and even some young blood.
1: Welcome aboard. Today we're talking with Isaac Coverstone. Hi, Isaac. How's it going? Pretty good. So Isaac, uh, we were just chatting before the show. Isaac actually has his own podcast. What's, What's the name of your podcast so you can at least plug it here?
2: Yeah, it's just called uh, Naked Pentecostalism.
1: Naked Pentecostalism for all you people who are into naked
2: Pentecostals. (laughs) (laughs) And I basically stole the idea from Naked Mormonism, who is a very successful podcaster. I actually sent him an email and I said, hey, is it okay if I kind of take the same tagline? He's like, yeah, go for it. I listened
1: to that uh, podcast when it started. I actually was one of the folks that found that right off the bat, listened to probably a year's worth of it, loved it.
2: Yeah, it's really, a fantastic really show. show. Really yeah. good
1: show. I like those guys.
2: So I, I certainly can't hope to match their quality, but you know, I'm just kind of doing my own thing. It's just me, a microphone, and and I just let it let it go. So nice. You know, I don't have this level of uh, setup you guys have, but.
1: Yeah, this is a this is a really nice studio.
2: It <laughs> is. <I> mean, <laughs> I'm very jealous. This
1: is, this is nicer than my house.
2: Yeah, a little bit, a little bit.
1: Well, awesome. Well, thank you for coming in today. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So, this tell is, me um... about yourself. What you what? So, you're an LEA, and you currently work for Stanley. Right. And uh, so, how did you get in the industry? What uh, What was your passion? What was your drive?
2: Yeah, and and like we were talking before the show, I was basically doing. Random jobs, right? I was a forklift driver. I was working as a teller at Bank of America, and there as was you do. yeah, just just kind of <laughs> you're a young kid, you don't really know what you're doing. You're just trying to find a job, and so me and a couple other friends, we were all about the same age, and we were all realizing, hey, we're getting nowhere. We need to get a real career going. Sure. So we looked at another mutual friend of ours, and we're like, this guy's got a Hummer H3, and he's got a house, and he's married, and and he's really got it together. We should just do whatever he's doing. Well. He was doing fiber splicing for Verizon, you know, mm-hmm. or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, you know, let's get into that uh, electrical thing, and then we just literally picked a career and we stabbed at it. And all of us are still doing it today. You know, so so
1: you have other folks that you came into this industry with, right? Do they work, did they work for Stanley or are they?
2: So one of them uh, mm-hmm. works for Point Monitor right now. Uh, Jordan Hads, he's okay. the the lead of their controls division. Basically, yeah. project manager. Um I've known Jordan since um, early high school I think mm-hmm. and so we've always again we kind of all hung out together we nice. were the crew yes. and yeah. then Joseph Ray is a I believe he's working for Reese right now mm-hmm. and he actually worked for Stanley for a little bit but I think he bounced around a little bit like I did and right. so We all do <laughs> Yeah and so it was it was it was very much kind of this mutual decision we were all just gonna pick an industry that we thought looked good and we dove into it and we never looked back nice. and, and it, it, it worked out really well and, and
1: are you driving an h3
2: you know i'm not <laughs> a funny story i actually don't have a car right now really <laughs> because right now i'm in an apartment and you get one parking spot yeah, you know yeah, so I know, I know how that goes. so the service spans out in the street my girlfriend's car is going to be in the spot so if i have another vehicle it's just going to get we have to rotate it around so mm-hmm the used car market was at the peak uh this last early half of this year and i actually sold my car for you know 15 percent above blue book yeah and and i was like that's, you know, that's a good call you know why not get rid of the thing. and i'm gonna save on insurance yeah. and and yeah. whatever and i don't have to deal with moving it around and storing it hey,
1: your- when i was uh when i went through a divorce i thought very seriously about just getting a bike and i, I was already biking <laughs> at that time but and just then your bike wife can't only, get it, yeah. you know and just and just uh Live in an area where I could bike to work all the time, and that's not exactly how it worked out for me. I wound up getting remarried, but the uh, I still bike, and I still bike up to the hill, you know, and it's it helps keep me keeps keeps my you know blood pressure down. And
2: oh yeah, that hill's no joke. Yeah, I love it.
1: I love it. It's good. So you've worked for quite a few companies, and we know folks in the industry together. We just haven't, we, matter of fact, uh, before the show we were talking, and we had probably almost brush paths because you were just turning out as I started teaching at IEC So right. you had Mario as a fire instructor I didn't take over fire for another couple of years and uh, and uh, I would and I took over from Andrew I think right at right about the time that you were probably graduating Probably. R- right in that area I took over from Andrew and and started teaching specialized controls so we just happened to miss each other uh, but you would work for Siemens so you worked with Charles. And uh, mm-hmm. I knew him, and, and obviously pretty pretty big fan of his. So,
2: yeah, Siemens was really an interesting experience because it, it was very much a love hate relationship. You know, mm-hmm. where it was a great environment to be in. I, I think it was it was really I felt like I was I was home there. Mm-hmm. And it, it's kind of weird to say that you know as a company to say oh you know it, it felt like you were you were comfortable there, but that's really the atmosphere that they had. Was everyone was really chill most of the time, everyone got along, everyone was trying to work together. Mm -hmm. And I think there was the big part of it was just, yeah, everyone really had this attitude that we're going to be friendly, we're going to be chill, we're going to work towards helping the customer. And I I stayed there for about three years. And the only reason I left was I was chasing a bigger paycheck. And um, I think the really funny thing about Siemens was, they gave you a huge amount of of just autonomy. You could just Mm -hmm. go whatever, do whatever you wanted. They didn't, I mean, half the time, again, after Charles left, there was a lot of churn in leadership. And so in three years, I had three different managers that I reported to, Mm -hmm. three direct supervisors, and I had three branch managers rotate out. So there was actually periods of time where I had nobody to, no boss. You know, it was just kind of, hey, do whatever. But on top of that, we had a turnover with our service coordinator position. Mm And most of the time, they were busy with HVAC uh, coordinating. So, you know, Siemens Security, they didn't put a lot of emphasis on, and I was security service at that time. So most of their emphasis is on fire and on HVAC and controls. As a matter of
1: fact, I work with one of the HVAC guys who left. He'd been there for 22 years, Eric, and he now works up on the Hill program in DeZego, which was the, you know, the one that came after Apogee. Yep. And so, yeah, it was weird because I go on the other side of the cubes (laughs) from me, and it's all a bunch of same as guys. And plus, Jason Thalen worked there for years ago. Mike Bandy worked there years ago. Those all those guys went up on the hill, and you know, so there's like all these people that I've known in the industry that I've kind of crossed paths with at one time or the other. It's
2: a very small world, and and you know, that was kind of cliched to say that. And then coming up through the industry over the years, I was like, it's very true it's a very small world and yeah. eventually you know everybody after yeah. you work for three or four companies you're gonna rub shoulders with the same names and you are
1: and if you stick your thumb in the wrong eye you know it follows you i mean yeah. i've i've definitely burned a few bridges and i didn't mean to and 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 have made some critical errors in judgment and i've also you know not
0: <laughs> i've
1: also said you know it is what it is yeah. you just i wish i could say i lived a perfect you know, work life, but that's bad squeeze. I mean, I'm like anybody else, you know, you get fed up and tired and yeah. you want to change and do something. To, the only thing I've been this consistent in is this been, I've just been in one or two disciplines, mm-hmm. you know, where I'd never get into the security, never get into the access control, never get into the cameras. And... Part of me is like scratching my head going, I think I should have. <laughs> and then part of me is like, I haven't figured out all the fire yet, so I'll just stick with that.
0: <laughs>
2: right. <laughs> no. I And I very much enjoy being a jack of all trades. I, I mm-hmm. To me, that's the excitement of what gets me out of bed in the morning is I get to work on something new today and right. there's a new challenge. And and it's because of the way Stanley kind of absorbed other businesses. You know, they absorbed Sonatrol, They absorbed...
1: Oh I didn't know that.
2: Yeah, so Sonitrol is technically they're still a separate company. It's kind of a weird relationship. <laughs> mm-hmm. So when we go into a Stanley we go into a Sonitrol customer, they've got a panel, they've got Sonitrol monitoring. We call Sonitrol and it's their account, mm-hmm. but we give them our passcode, we log into the site with our service ticket, but it's it's entire we can't see their signals. We can't
1: So so who is Pacific because I see Sonitrol and there's also like a like another company that's alongside with them is Pacific yeah. something or other.
2: I'm not sure how that whole relationship is because I've only been there four or five months, so I'm still mm-hmm. kind of picking up all the pieces, but I know at some point there were two different sonitrol companies. Mm-hmm. So I think what you're saying is there is there is another Sonatrol Pacific and they're kind of separate from the other Sonatrol. And so it gets really confusing because yeah. they they each have their own kind of districts that they operate in and it's and it's and i i think stanley operates both of them or, or controls both of them but i'm not completely sure because i've called the central station for central pacific mm-hmm. and they've acted like no we have no idea what that account is and it's not ours and, and so i think there is actually a separation there okay. and what's because what's funny is there's still Central trucks running around
1: yeah oh yeah i see them all the time
2: and they don't work on you know they're not installing for us they're they're song-troll. so it gets to be really really I, bizarre.
1: Long long time ago in a galaxy far far away I was working at a place called Rent Track on at, at the building which was up by the airport and it was a VHS uh, tape. I mean I mean they were like the blockbuster kind of thing you right know? so they had all these VHS tapes that they uh, rented out or what have you. So I was working there, I set the system off. And uh, it was a security system, and the fire side was being monitored by that security side. And when I set it off, I didn't realize that I was gonna set off the central system as well. So I'm sitting mm-hmm. in the lobby of this place, and I'm talking to this operator on the phone, and I can hear myself through her connection.
2: Right, because the like, microphone. J- yeah. Just like
1: this, right? I can hear myself, I'm going, is that me talking? She goes, yeah, that's you talking. And I said, "What?" what, what? And she goes, "That microphone on the wall." And and this thing's like, like, like twenty five feet away or twenty feet away. They've got. Good and I'm like, "You've got to be kidding me!" Yeah. And she goes, "No." She goes, "It's so good, I can tell if someone's broken in, and is walking, you know, ac- across the, the 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 room. Like we can tell if someone's actually broken in, and and right. that that way we verify that we've actually got." A legit reason to, uh, you know, call the cops or whatnot. And, and I was just sitting there, just because, yeah. you know, I'm just not a security guy. I'm just this fire monkey going, hear oh, a voice on <laughs> phone from lady on talking with, hey, make stop. Fags say mix stop <laughs> <You know?
2: laughs> and that's, that's the big selling point of theirs yeah it's it's let's just cover your place on microphones and and everyone yeah. thought that's a great idea you know and, and nowadays which,
1: which nowadays it's not right like, well nowadays like, we all have our cell phones so we're all stuck right yeah
2: it's kind of funny how that goes but yeah and so and now it's getting worse because now secure toss bought us out so now it's going to be changed again you know, and we're going to be slowly doing that that merger and adjusting to that in the next couple of years. No kidding. So, so, so we Stanley just-
1: Stanley doesn't own it anymore, Securitas?
2: Right. It's so, Stanley Stanley wants to go back to making drills. Drill tools. They just Can want tools. to do that. So, they actually got rid of their automatic door business, <laughs> their Stanley healthcare business, and Stanley Security. They, no kidding. They chopped all of it out. I think they went to three different companies. And they just said, you know what, we want to get back to our core business and, and I think it'll be a better move because we're going to a company that's focused on security, mm-hmm. not a company that just kinda of does it on the side and they meddle. You
1: no, know, Securitas I mean and you know what they had a history as well, but yeah. Yeah, Securitas been in the I mean they're like Pinkertons, you know, they've been around a long time. Right. I, but they've been around in other names. So
2: And it's funny because I had a fairly negative experience with Securitas, uh, probably 2013, 2014, no, 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 it would've been after that, it would've been been like 17. Mm -hmm. So the first Cracker Barrel came in, in Tualatin, Mm -hmm. right around that time period, and so I built that whole system, that was, Mm -hmm. we we were subcontracting for Securitas, Mm -hmm. and so that was with Applied Technical Systems, and they came out there and we put in a DMP and uh, I think a Silent Night, and so the fire marshal comes out for the final, and it's Securitas monitoring,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and we set it off, and we and she goes, "Don't put it in test. You wait till they call out." And yeah. so we're sitting there, we're watching, we're counting down, and and the phone call comes through. They get the radio call. She's like, "Okay." That was a little slow. Just, just a little slow. Let's do it one more time. And it, and it was, you know, it was maybe 60 seconds, you know, and they, and they wanted to pare it down to 45 seconds or oh something like that. So they, we ring it a second time, and that's where the problem hit. Mm-hmm. Securitas so had a policy in place. I don't know if they still do. I hope they don't. If they get two alarms and it's not in test... But it's the same zone, same premises. They disregard the second alarm Which which is,
1: which is actually smart in, in some regards. Because sure. they've already called out once.
2: And, and they just want to minimize... They, they will call yeah. the premises. Yeah. They will still contact the business. They just don't dispatch automatically. But they're not going to dispatch out on... But you could imagine the fire marshal was a little pissed when you see that live and they're like, they never got the call. And they're just like you know, well, you're failed, and they checked the box and walked out, and it took a week of emailing the central station, getting screenshots, yeah. saying they, they yeah. got the traffic, doing the test again, and, and it was such a furball, and, and, and you're fighting emailing back and forth, and, and you're trying to figure out, is it something I did wrong? What, what happened? Is it no, not transmitting? It's, it's
1: all in the central stations, and, and yeah. this, 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 this whole thing now, like with BOAC, if you had the... Your issue. Have you have you dealt with BOEC yet at Portland?
2: That does not ring a bell. So
1: Portland's nine one one center is called BOEC. Okay. Bureau of uh, B O E C Bureau of Emergency Communications, and they're great folks. But they changed their software on their on their uh, like how they handle calls when they come in. There hmm. was a piece of software somebody wrote. They bought it. They put it in, and so it sort of triages. As you're going through the call tree, so that the calls get, you know, right. routed different. Plus, they're understaffed. Plus, there's an abundance of calls coming in. So, when I was working at PSI, we had a um, school catch fire. Hmm. Spectre system went off, puts fire out. They, they, the monitoring company called Portland got put on hold. Called, <laughs> called the called the RP. He shows up shuts the sprinkler system up, begins to overhaul the fire. So he's been there for, you know, close to half an hour before anybody ever gets to call him and the fire department shows up. He goes, what the Uh-oh. hell are you guys doing here? So we, they came back, and, and my guy who at PSI, John, who was working uh, mostly with, with uh, uh, monitoring accounts, said, this is an issue. And I thought, mm-hmm. nah, that must be a one-off. Nah. Oh, no wow. not a one-off it, it's been happening over and over and over again so they know they got an issue they're doing their best to solve it and i had a kid that worked for me at psi who is a dispatcher there so i'm, I'm not trying to stick my thumb in their eye the dispatchers are doing what they're supposed to do right it's just it's taking a while for them to process everything that's going on mm-hmm. and of course in a commercial account when the fire rolls they gotta roll a truck it's it's a zoo it's a zoo and oh, yeah. so you know to me it's like oh my god I thoroughly understand where Securitas is like bat squeeze. This is a, this is a repeat. I'm not going to send somebody <laughs> out to this, you know.
2: But yeah. It just makes you look bad when you're standing in does. front of the and inspector. TV, <laughs> and and, and, and TVFNR's
1: got a different look at it, right? Oh yeah. I mean, that's a whole different, whole different cup of tea. So they're going, no, nah, no, nah, we don't, we don't want that. We want it to, we want it to go this way. So every jurisdiction's a different world.
2: Right. Speaking of central stations and dialers and that kind of thing, probably my biggest horror story in the industry, the biggest project that got unloaded on me, and I had to struggle with it, (laughs) was at Siemens, Mm -hmm. and there was a very large customer with a campus of multiple buildings, let's say, I'm going to say about 14 or 15 good-sized buildings, Mm -hmm. very well spread out, huge campus, and they wanted to migrate to Dazigo. They Mm -hmm. wanted all their buildings to be on this nice beautiful digital uh world but currently all their buildings were on pots and there's no way to make all these pots connections dial into Dazigo. you have to have it all digital mm-hmm. so they said hey buddy why don't we have you out there and put in a bosch uh d6100 central station yeah receiver?
1: What, what could possibly go
2: wrong sure and nobody at our branch had ever installed one they had no idea how to troubleshoot or anything mm-hmm. they're just like go figure it out and you're good and so, so, so
1: is that a DACR then? That's just a receiver.
2: It's just a literal. It's a silver box. It's very small silver box. Mm-hmm. It's smaller than a lot of DVRs, and it just sits in a little rack. You plug in one data connection, and it pulls at everything from all these receivers. So they use like a Bosch. Uh, was it the B250? Mm-hmm. Is your little? So we put one B250 on every fire panel, okay. and one on every. Um, Basically your HVAC controller. Mm-hmm. And so they wanted two receivers in every building talking to this one receiver. Okay. And that would that wouldn't be a huge deal. You know, that's that's doable. So we'd go around, we'd install these Bosch, we'd make sure the network was talking. And you know, you can do those two fifties in like 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. You you plug in, pull up your telnet, you can you can do the whole thing in, in no time flat. But they had one IT guy that ran the entire campus. And half the time, those those internet connections weren't working. We'd have to troubleshoot. And then it would be a two-day two wait to get him over there to well, fix it. Well, well. And at the same time, I'm doing security service for the entire Portland metro area. Mm-hmm. I'm the only security service person for all of Siemens. And I'm also doing this big project. And so I'm juggling those around. And they wouldn't give me any support. There was no... Hey, you know, I'm like, I could use a second person to help with troubleshooting the IT and programming. Right. And, and
1: that's, that's not, yeah, that's easier to Like
2: you. I have to personally drive to their, drive to their main server room. I have to program something in the receiver. Then I have to drive to the other building, yeah. troubleshoot and figure out why yeah. the, it's not talking. And, and this is a product I'm not familiar with. So I'm learning on the go. And so I'm driving back and forth, back and forth. And I, I did that for six months and it just, it just drug on and it drug on and, 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 what makes it worse is the customer had their own proprietary software mm-hmm. that we couldn't touch, we couldn't even troubleshoot it. Our our Bosch receiver would just forward the information to their software mm-hmm. and that's what populated the guard's computer and it would show all the signals. So we basically had to bring in the third-party manufacturer for that and have them troubleshoot their software. After we confirmed our hardware was good, Ugh. so we're talking three-way phone conferences Ugh, once a week, a you know, once a month, what and a so
0: nightmare.
2: And what makes it what makes it really funny is, you know, and again, I would I would talk to the my supervisor, be like, you know, what I could really use a second hand, you know, because mm-hmm. if let's 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 you know worst case scenario, something happens to me and and all this information's mm-hmm. gone. Uh, what was really funny is my Siemens laptop had all these security blocks where it wouldn't let me connect to that server so we had to go to best buy get another little cheap chromebook we got a little 300 dollars hp chromebook and we use that to all the programming so you know like you needed to make sure this laptop didn't die because you know it, that's the link to everything
1: i know exactly how you feel.
2: and so here's the best part of the story though we get we get this thing 90 percent done we got all the receivers in they're talking I've got. Uh, there was issues with the account numbers. We were trying to get the database for the old account numbers to talk to the new d- account numbers because they had to get changed. Mm-hmm. The new receiver wanted four-digit account numbers, but some of the old account numbers were started with two zero d- two zeros, so it would drop off, and you couldn't program it. So yep. we had to start over. Yep. And then I decided, you know what? I'm done. I want to go work for another company. I was going to get four or five dollar an hour raise, two thousand wow. dollar signing bonus. Yeah. It was like I'm going for it. And so they handed me this this other technician who was a fire tech. And he's like, We're going to give you half a day. You guys go out there and let them know, get get them caught up in everything you're doing. (laughs) And so then, so we sat down and we got maybe half an hour into it. So we're talking maybe a Little longer than we've been talking, mm-hmm. and he's just staring at me like his eyes glassed over. Yeah, yeah no, I get it. <laughs> he said, I, I completely said, get it. He said, I've got four, four, four or five other projects going, I can't do this, you know. And, and he was about ready to quit himself, like, he's like, yeah. I, I can't do this. And I was like, Sorry, man, this is Siemens, you know, it's, it's, it's sink or swim, you go. And so, and and I dumped everything on his lap. I said, Here's your here's your little thumb drive, make sure you know, the Bosch won't talk unless you plug in this thumb drive. And and from that point on, I looked back, I did not look back, I was just like, I'm gone. And you know, they had, as far as I know, they had a couple other guys that helped out with security service, and they chipped in. But most of Siemens is tied up in Intel or Genentech, mm-hmm. and so they really didn't have anybody free to take that position, you know? Mm-hmm. So they had their two weeks warning, uh, maybe more than three weeks, because I dropped some hints and I said, hey, I'm gonna be gone, you guys need to fill this in. and. Um, there was a lot of customers that, you know, jump ship because they weren't getting, you know, any help. It, after it happens.
1: That. It it really does happen. And it, what's what's bizarre is is I, I work for a company that, and I had several clients. And when I, one a couple of them left before I left that company and moved over to Performance. And then when I moved to Performance, you know, they're like, "Oh, great, we're glad you're here because we worked with you there." Blah blah blah. And I thought, well, okay, hopefully I'll be able to do the same level of service that I was doing before. Well, I was the tech before. Now I'm the manager weasel. Right. How, you know, so you put on a different hat. Now I'm sending technicians out, making sure that they're doing their best to, you know, support the customer, which can be a crapshoot. It depends on who you send, depends on the personality, depends, you know, we'd have we'd hired a whole bunch of really good guys. So it wasn't it wasn't difficult but uh, when you sit back after the years I've been in and out of management and in and out of the service game and and stuff and look back at it there is a real need for understanding by upper management what the hell is going on right like where you're who's out on the field what the, what who's deployed where what's going on you know some managers are intuitive they'll pick that up mm-hmm Uh, And upper management may or may not recognize that, and uh, sometimes they don't. And the the problem is when you are doing your best to say, hey, I've really got this issue. I really need someone to pick up the ball and run with it. Mm -hmm. And they either put the right technical expertise or the right, you know, supervisory support in there to handle it, or they don't. And that's the hard part is to watch the face planting. Like Mm -hmm. you go, well, I'm going to take my hands off this. It's my turn. Crash. And it's just, uh, you could have seen this coming, you know?
2: Yeah. And I think that's what makes the difference between a good company and a bad company is how well do they mesh the management Mm -hmm. and the techs and keep everybody flowing. You know, when I worked at Johnson Controls, it was was hectic. Mm -hmm. They had some weird dispatch issues every morning call, they'd say, okay, we're going to change the schedule. So-and-so's going here. No, you're going here. And it got a little messy, and that was always frustrating to kind of have to figure out where you're going the day of. Right. Like, hey, I need to know I'm going to Bend yesterday so right. I can get my exactly. parts on the way home. I can leave early and get there. No, no, no. You'd figure it out 830 in the morning. Oh, we yeah. need to go to Bend. No, it's like, oh, great. You know, now uh, we need to drive to the shop. Dude, now I, I, work,
1: I work for company one time where you, 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 the night before you'd look and see where you are going, you show up the next morning and it's all been rearranged. Yeah. all the all the
2: that and, was John's and, controls. And, yeah, and,
1: and I read a book once that my boss, uh, my former boss at OHSU, said I had to read, and it was "Who Moved My Cheese." And I've, I, I've I read heard about the book, that. and it was great. And it was like you know, be fluid, be ready to deal with stuff. And I'm a former military guy, so I, I get it. I, I get it. Nothing works the way you right. expect it to work. I totally get it. But some of this crap is preventable. It's just preventable. You know what I'm saying? And other times you just suck it up. And I've got a pretty I can be pretty tolerant until I'm not. And then it's like, okay, you know, now I'm flipping desks. I can't take this crap anymore. And and, and, yeah. and, and that's and, and that's where I start to to notice that why am I why am I why is my bandwidth so narrow? What what what's going on with me? personally that I'm not able to, to deal with this right. right now. You know, and uh, my, my crew around me generally can pick that up. Like this morning I walk in and I'm been out of shape about something. They're like, did you drink your coffee today?
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, that sucks, you know. But, uh, but I have to agree that if I can when I was running what I was running and running the people I was running I would do my best to make sure that the right technician is in the right place at the right time. But mm-hmm. also understood that when I had to move the deck chairs in the Titanic, that there was a reason for it. And the one mm-hmm. thing I tried to do my best was to explain to my tex- technicians exactly why I'm having to change stuff. Not that you were going to go to Ben, now you're going to go to Redmond. Why? This is why. You know what I'm saying? Right. And it and, and that's where part of that's coaching. Like let you know, let me. Let me explain why you're not gonna be on the field in this position, you're gonna be in this position today. And work with me on that. Uh, That communications is key. It is Mm -hmm. absolutely key. And without that communications, you're, you're dead. You're just yeah. completely dead, and that's where companies fail. That is where they fail miserably. That's Absolutely, when they don't
2: and that's that's what I like right now about Stanley. Is I feel like everything moves pretty fluidly. Mm-hmm. I feel like out of out of all the places I've worked, they really have the dispatching down to where you pull out your phone, four o'clock p.m. You're gonna know where you're going tomorrow, right? And that usually is not gonna change. So you go on route to the site, bam, and you. Everything they so, usually is that
1: your own software. Is that like Stanley software, or is it like Service Trade, or something? Or
2: they call it Astia.
1: Oh, oh, Astia. I'm I'm familiar with that. Western okay. States had it. Yeah. That's
2: pretty much what. Now that's not going to be what Securitas is going to nah, use. No,
1: of course not. No, no,
2: no. We will get that. Perfected, once you get everybody
1: trained <laughs> on how to use this crap, let's just change it. Yeah. And let's change. Let's take all the goddamn wheels off and put you know square blocks on and then wonder and, how come it does not work and right? honestly
2: they're only using it for for tracking labor towards the jobs yeah. but then they use a different timesheet app and eventually I think the goal is we're gonna try and mesh everything into one but that's that's like down the road a ways. Super fun right but I think yeah so so I enjoy like everyone kind of we've got a pretty good system where it moves it moves quick, it moves smooth, you get the jobs knocked out. For me, that adrenaline rush, close out the job, the customer's happy, it's Mm -hmm. done, Mm -hmm. you just get signed off and you're out, like there's a brief euphoria, you've solved it, and then you get the adrenaline rush, what's coming up next, and and that's what that pacing is. You know, so I've I've done new construction, and for me, it was always like, I'm going to be doing the same thing today that I did yesterday, I'm going to be doing the same thing today. And some people thrive on that, you know. I
1: like to pull wire. (laughs) Today, I'm going to pull wire. More wire than I pulled yesterday. And that was that I was I the way it. it
2: was at Dyna. It was yeah. like, today, we're going to do, do eight hours of putting string in conduit. Yeah. And yep. that was it. Yep. And so, yeah. you know. And if you and become
1: it, really good at it. Like, right. like, you get so specialized, you get really, really good at it. Like, right. I, I can pull string anywhere. Great. I'm the wizard of sucking string through a piece of
2: uh, right. metal pipe.
0: And-
1: hey, Mike here. I just want to do a quick shout out to all of our listeners now listen it's been a wonderful couple of months getting the show moving and we have seen a ton of growth right you guys are doing your part people are downloading you're telling people that's super important to get this podcast on the map okay we've got good lineup of folks coming in the studio and the biggest thing that i want you to know is that i want to hear from you you do you the person listening to this all right. You want to be a part of this show. You want to talk about tips and tricks. You want to talk about things that you learned in the trade. You want to talk about how this has changed your life. You want to talk about stuff like that. Send me an email. Okay. It's half watt pod at gmail.com. And I'm interested in hearing about people who are in the union and people who are not in the union and people who are technicians and people who do alarm work and people who do camera access work, stuff like that. It doesn't just have to be Fire alarm monkeys. It could be anybody. All right. So let's talk about this so that people can realize that this is a career that will change their life.
2: There's there's maybe a little bit of ADHD to it where oh <laughs> no, I'm gonna get completely bored if I don't work on camera, fire, and security right. in the same day. You know, like I I just my brain is gonna get completely zoned out and i'm gonna sit in my van and play games if i don't have something to engage me and keep me going
1: i think it's i think it's what matches your personality because i know i know folks just like you that like no i can't just do one thing like all i do is one thing like that's all i do is one i'll quit i'll quit yeah and i and i'm like (laughs) what what blows me away is that about the time i think i'm good at this one thing i'll hit the wall and realize I feel like a like a novice, what the hell is going on here? You yeah. know, I'm, I'm dealing with one of these issues uh, at work on a simplex system that I've just, I mean, I get it all programmed, I turn it on, it's not working right, I'm like, what the hell did I do wrong? You know, and there's all these little tiny steps, where did I miss, what did I miss, how did I miss it?
2: You there's know? one little logic gate that was one, backwards. Yeah, one, <laughs> one,
1: one statement that didn't go right, that you know, you went and or, or and you're like, well, you know, but that's all. It but when I step back and look look at it from afar and go, "Hey, come on! I mean, we've driven this thing pretty far, you know." And and my predecessor drove it pretty far, and you know we you know you're I'm I'm nitpicking over one little tiny thing when overall this behemoth is operating super efficiently, and right. here I am pissed off at this. No, yeah, stupid thing not working right. Pseudo point, I hate pseudo points. You know, it's all ridiculous. It's it's all it's all bat squeeze. It's like, it's like you get so and and I teach this stuff, so I, I realize when I get, you know, narrowed in, uh-huh. and I get that tunnel vision that if I don't recognize my own
2: <laughs> fanaticism, yeah, know, then I'm getting, and you know, it's funny like like doing? like Siemens, I saw quite a bit of that the fire mess. Because Siemens, the worst thing about it was they love to change. We're going to put a different cable for this version of the panel, and and we're going to have a different version of the software, and you'll have seven versions of the software for the same panel. Mm -hmm. But you have to use the right revision to talk to this one, or it's going to goof things up. And so they would, I think the biggest area that Siemens suffered in that pissed off all the techs was basically they would not train us correctly so so we would we would face uh they had this great software they rolled out Mm -hmm. um it was it was designed for helping to test systems you plug into the panel and you hooked up the software and it would allow you to connect your phone to your laptop and control the fire panel it's a great idea and i think i think a lot of different companies each came up with their own version Mm -hmm. of it and all that but siemens I mean, they could not make that t- software that they made talk to their panels. <laughs> so we would have the oh. brand new, the brand new Dezegal panel. And everyone's like, oh, it's so nice. Oh, it's so slick. And we could not make the software work. And so we had these two guys. They were the, uh, what they call designs. These guys were the, the brains of, of this particular software. And they came out to teach us a class. We had the entire service crew out there. There's eight, nine techs. And me, for some reason I'm sitting out there going, I'm a security guy. Why am I watching the fire stuff? You know, but I, I kinda did both, so mm-hmm. it made sense. And they could not make this software talk to the Zego panel. And we they tried for close to an hour. And 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 our guy, one of our fire guys that does a lot of the big hospitals, uh, John Walton. He's, he's oh yeah, I know John. He's a great guy. You know, he's he's been there twenty years, mm-hmm. and he's helping the two guys teach their class. Like, oh, yeah, in this case, we need to do this, blah blah blah. And we're we're just sitting there like, wow. That's that's this like
1: is... <laughs> that's like Gary Youngberg who's going like, stop what you're doing. This is how it works. Get out of the way you know especially what it like like at Intel when they were doing EST, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's a that was a huge it's a huge loss when they lost that, that that product line and had to you know
2: and they almost lost Genentech because so they still have Siemens still has the fire system at Genentech. Mm-hmm. Um, but they tried to use that the fire testing software and it bugged out, and it set oh. off the entire building.
0: Oh, oh.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. They don't,
1: the, the fab plants don't like that, they, and did, Genentech they get said uppity about that said, when everybody on the bunny suit's sitting out in the parking lot.
2: We were shut down for 22 minutes, and mm-hmm. that cost us $8 million. Is that cash check, or is yeah. that going to be a wire transfer, yeah. and they oh, were not, yeah. not really joking. No, Simplex. <laughs>
1: Simplex, when I worked at Simplex, they, uh uh Celtronics, a couple times got evacuated, and made Man, they were not happy. They were yeah. they were like, this is like x, x thousands of dollars per minute. We don't do this. Make sure that you get your crap together. And I get it. I mean, yeah. and I you know. Even at the hospital, you know you know, we obviously don't want to ring the bells and surgeries and you know places where where medical procedures are happening. Right. <laughs> I just wanna. Just want to control things a little bit better than that. and uh, yeah. You know.
2: so, so that's where, you know, fire makes me a little nervous because there's so much. So what really turned me off from fire and kind of drove me out of that industry was it got to where the bureaucracy around all of the little nitpicking paperwork mm-hmm. to do for testing was was just bonkers. Yeah. Like the it, it turned into that was half your job was just you're going to sit in the office and you're going to upload stuff to compliance engine. And you go test one facility that had all these sub counts and sub panels. Guess what? Everyone had a different report, and 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 the hospitals would change how they oh, wanted yeah. to do stuff. Oh yeah. And so I said, you know what? I've got my NICE at two. I can work anywhere. It's great on my resume. I'm I'm stopping right there. No, no, I, <laughs> I, I I can service it, my accounts, it, and that's it. I thought it
1: was bad here, and because uh, Performance had a, a division up in Washington, when I worked for them, they had this. Uh, uh, Branch that was up there in Bothell, and those folks had jurisdictional requirements that were <laughs> jaw dropping. I mean, jaw dropping. Yes. I was because I have a Washington license too, and I was just like, "Holy cow!" So you know, you look,
2: have to paint your back boxes red. Oh, oh it's, <laughs> it's
1: worse than that. Like like this jurisdiction here, you know, like like I, I mean, I'm just pulling it out of my butt, but you know, like uh, uh, Seattle needs it this way, and Tacoma needs it that way, and yeah. And Olympia has it this way and, you know, and uh, Mount Vernon does it that way. And you're like, oh, my God, really? You guys can't get on the same page at all. And none of them are. And I'm watching that slowly happen down here where, Mm -hmm. you know, it's bad enough in Washington where, okay, you have to have an ELS 6 and you have to have a a nice set, too. And, you you know, now you have to if you're in Vancouver, you've got to, you know, jump through their hoops and get your your endorsement for working in Vancouver, and then all these different things, all these different hoops you jump through. And the idea is that, yeah, by the time we get a technician who's jumped through all these hoops, they're super qualified. Or, they're really good at jumping through hoops, and they can't <laughs> find their ass with either hand, a GPS, and a map. you know. So what have you gotten here? Right. Like, like I, I get it, but at the same point in time, let's, you still got trunk slammers mm-hmm. out there installing crap everywhere. Right. So we were we were following behind a trunk slammer here in Oregon who installed it at a, at a school way out in the middle of, of uh, BFE. And uh, my own step kid was, was working on a system, and he puts a, a, a beam detector and alarm but can't get it to clear at all. Hmm. And I so he calls me. He's like, we've been here like an hour and a half trying to get this into clear. We cannot get it to clear. So I'm remotely driving him to go up behind where the beam detectors were wired and to pull a j-box apart and to pull the 24 volts off because that is the one place I know where it was feeding the, and sure enough man he pulled it off the beam detector reset cleared and we put it back together again we wrote it all up for 3 years wow we fought with that i went back to the school i said look we got to fix this yeah 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 i'll have the company install it fix it well, how's that going to fix? It? That's just one of the problems we got. We got ten other problems here. You know what I'm saying? I'll come and fix it. Here's the, this is a quote. No, no, no. Well, have the well have the trunk slammers that put it in fix it because they don't call them that. Yeah. And you're just you pretty soon you're just beating your head off the wall. So now you've got to train your technicians. Okay, when you put this thing in, go up here, pull it apart here. Even though you're you shouldn't have to because can't because they won't. They won't just let me put it on Resettable Twenty Four, uh-huh. which is why it's there. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's the stuff that's uh, you've got all these jurisdictional requirements, but you're you're trying to shoot a gnat with a shotgun. What the hell's going on here? Why uh-huh. don't you just think about how you've got yourself laid out and and then build on that? And I I'm hoping that, it, that that's changing, but now that I've narrowed my scope down to just the hill, I couldn't tell you. I yeah. honestly couldn't tell you.
2: It's a, it's it's a very interesting industry that we have all these requirements that are making us, it makes it more difficult to get a technician in the first place even mm-hmm. hired because it's like, well, why should we hire you when you need this and you need this and you need this and you need this, mm-hmm. this? so we're almost getting into the IT industry where you have to have a certification for this access control system to be any good at all. You can't call those tech support. You right. can't order parts. You have to be a special proprietary dealer. And you can't touch this fire panel unless you've got this certification. Mm-hmm. And so, we, so maybe 10 years ago, okay, Oregon was tough because you had to get the LEA and you had to have some experience. You had to be halfway decent at wire pulling mm-hmm. and troubleshooting, but you could get someone off the street that knew halfway what they're doing throw them in to do work and they could get they could make you money now it's gotten like you were saying we've got all these extra requirements that have built up Mm -hmm. as the manufacturers changed as local jurisdictions changed but we have on the other side of the spectrum we've got a bunch of the old-timers who are fading out because they're retiring too soon because guess what the industry seems to be split Towards the really old guys and the really young guys. And so we need to get the young guys trained, but they've got all these hoops they gotta jump through. And so
1: you've hit it right on the head, man. So like
2: what's going to give first? Like the companies are all screaming to get help. It's great for me because I can change companies once a year and get a fat raise Mm -hmm. and and great, that's wonderful. But at some point we get stressed because there's only so far we can go when all the parts are in back order and yep. Yep. and the customers are screaming at us and, and we're like, you know what? You know, I'm 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 fully aware that you waited two months to get your service call answered in the first place mm-hmm. because we're we have four hundred calls in our backlog but there's only so much I can do because they just hired me four months ago and I, all these problems happened before I so, got here. <laughs> so you're
1: the interfacing person with those clients and your right. company. So you're like a clutch between that. Yeah. And I'm just between like- Between that and, and the yeah. technology. Now you, you're you familiar with Astia, right? Sure. So uh, I was, I'm vaguely familiar with Astia and web apps which, came, which Western had before that when i got to psi they had one version of of software called sedona and then they shifted over to service trade so when we got service trade i got a little bit more familiar with that and i've in that's four damn pieces of software yep. in less than in less than 8 years mm-hmm. right that's just the dispatch and
2: in one company
1: in no two companies okay, but but good. that's just those that that's just that there. That that's not the other stuff. That's not the database. That's not. Yeah. I was explaining to my apprentice today. I said, you know, when I was uh, when I was a manager, uh, the first time I as manager up at OHSU, and I had been an electrician for eight years, eight and a half years, and I they said, oh, you'd be a great manager. Well, that was bad squeeze. So I went into it, and um, I got c- completely overwhelmed, and I was not prepared for what I was going to go into, and I don't. I, I know there are people who could have handled it. I don't know where the hell they're at. I have no idea. I mean, I started off working like 100 hour, 120 hour weeks mm. and it was, and I couldn't put the ore in the water fast enough. I couldn't right. paddle fast enough. I couldn't work enough. And you, if you weren't gonna consistently throw 100, 120 hour weeks at it, you weren't gonna keep ahead.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And at some point you just get burned out because you're not making any more money you know they're 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 forcing this this change on you and if your family is not prepared to deal with it it just it, everything just begins to fall apart so I determined that um, I went to this class and the class said look how much time do you need to get your job done like all of your job done and I needed 48 minutes I just explained this to my apprentice more I need 48 minutes is what I needed that's all out of a out of a 10 to 12 hour day I needed 48 hours uninterrupted minutes. <laughs> that was it. To get it all done. And literally 48 minutes is what we calculated. I couldn't get 48 of uninterrupted minutes if I was sitting on the commode. It was impossible. It mm-hmm. was impossible. Subsequently, every time I was in a supervisory manager position after that, getting that time, getting a block of time long enough to completely work one issue all the way through Impossible, yeah. impossible. Meetings, teams, chats, emails, phone calls, people knocking on your door. Mm-hmm. Everything's co- it was constant interruption, and so the only time you could get work done was after everybody was gone. So now you're working until eight at night, and, yeah. and 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 I love people who can do that. I can't. Yeah. I, especially if you've been in the military, because I've worked those hours for six <laughs> months straight. Bat squeeze. I'm not in the military. I'm not putting my life on the line. I just wanna work and go yeah. home. And so you, you get this you get this mix of Am I really dedicated enough to get this whole job done or is it gonna kill me before I finally get to that point? And uh yeah. when I when I looked back and evaluated what was going on, I realized that there's all these inputs, all these things that, that are, are that you need to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you give every bit of you to do it, you'll probably be successful, but your home life won't. Mm-hmm. Other things will begin to suffer. Your dog won't know who you are, or your horses <laughs> that you take care of, you haven't taken care of in three weeks, but your wife had to, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, a good, it's gotta be this work-life balance, and that is is—that is key. And eventually, you, you do like I did, You really just toss your hands up in the air and go, no, my work-life balance is out.
2: Yeah. It's and- just out. And I have done that absolutely. That's that's what I did at Siemens. I mm-hmm. I was juggling the service work and I was doing this big project, and it was it was like, okay, I'm not getting the support I need. I'm I'm not getting paid yeah. enough. I'm out. And yeah. so and you you basically have to say, I can't apologize for that, you know. And so that's what I. And again, I'm going to come back. This is what I like about Stanley is I have that balance where mm-hmm. I leave my house at seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning most of the time. Sometimes a little before. But it's, 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 a most of the time, other companies I work for, I was on the job at seven. And so I was leave my house at six because yep. I live in McMinnville, you know, so yep. everything's an hour commute. It doesn't matter where I am. Um, I love the town because rent's cheap, the power's cheap. I can, mm-hmm. I can have my overhead really low and, and save all my money, and that's great.
1: It's a good, and it's a good location.
2: Yeah. And, and I, and, really and I, and I I'd love it for service work because I can go to the coast, I can go to mm-hmm. Portland, I can go to Salem. And so, I get I get done with work probably three o'clock in the afternoon at, on the on the on the late days. Some days mm-hmm. it's two thirty, and I can just zip. I come home from Salem, and I'm home by before four. I can chill out, relax, play computer games. Girlfriend gets home, we relax, and I I don't have to like stress over yeah. my job. Like I can't imagine being a supervisor manager today. You know, back in the other day, you just had to worry about your phone ringing or or email. Now it's now it's Teams. Now it's right. all these extra little things, and it. it I, so John Walton was actually my manager at Siemens. Mm-hmm. Like he was the guy that hired me in. He lasted, I want to say, somewhere between eight months to a year after I started, and he said, "You know what? I'm going to go back in the field. I I, yeah. I, I can't deal with it.
1: I I I, com- was- I did the same exact thing
2: and I and I'm looking at this like okay what's my future in the industry like where can I go well
1: what's what's unfortunate is that is that and I'm not blaming anybody it's not anybody's right. fault. It, they the legit the company needs somebody with those skill sets right. and I'm thinking you have well, to familiarity- yeah I have the skills if I was single yeah. no problem no problem but I'm not single right and so I, I either need to, I either need to be single, or I will be single. One of the two. <laughs> well, you know that that's what's going to happen. But you and, have to know your that, limits. You have to know yeah. who you
2: are. And well, and that's
1: that set of scales. Like, like to me, it's am I, am I getting, am, is my compensation equal to what I, right, what you do here at at in it, what is it that you do here at Enetech? You know why? Take the goddamn thing to the engineers, right? <laughs> I mean, it's it it's got to be that balance. And if that balance is out, then you're out. Yeah and and I, I was talking to my uh, the ceo at psi and i we still talk i'm I, i'm i'm very good friends with with all those guys there and i you know i'm leaving this company to go ride a bicycle to work a couple of times a week
0: <laughs> and i'm
1: almost 60 like what the hell am i thinking right and when i ride my bike up the hill i love it like i get up at 3 and i'm out there doing it and it's like i love this i love this Right. I get there, there's like four emails in my inbox. I had fifty I had over fifty five thousand emails <laughs> in five years at my oh, last yeah. company. Oh, fifty five thousand. I was like, that's ten thousand plus emails a year. Yeah. Who the hell's reading ten thousand? Why am I getting ten thousand? I cannot possibly read ten thousand emails <laughs> in a year. Nothing you have to say is that critical important critically important that it's good that I need to see it. So I could I could triage I could triage 100 emails in less than 30 seconds mm-hmm. because you're cc'd in all this crap. You know what I'm saying? So yeah, you're exactly right. That whole scene of how you interface, what you do, it's it. The folks who do it well, and Charles would be a great example. Charles is a guy who's who's got his crap in the right sock. I don't know how the guy does what he does. He's very focused. He's like very focused. Yeah.
2: You it's know, a little intimidating. Knows, like damn, is intimidating. You're really like, like man, this guy's wired a little differently than he's I am. wired
1: differently than anybody <laughs> I've ever seen, and and it's jaw dropping to watch him because he really knows his shit. The yeah. CEO at, at PSA is the same way. Travis is the same yeah. damn way. The guy's wired in a way I just can't. I can't imagine. I cannot imagine being wired that I think that well.
2: One. De- one. Distinguishing factor that I, that when I think of like interactions I had with Charles, it was what made him good in his position was that when I face a difficult situation with a a customer, with a job, and I'm Mm -hmm. like, crap, what am I going to do in this case? Like, do I do this? Do I do this? And then I'm like, okay, you know what? I need to talk to my manager. I call up Charles and he's like, oh, you need to do this. Bam. And he would just make the decision in a split second Mm -hmm. and he was almost
1: always right 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 (laughs) was it wrong (laughs) and i was like
2: "Yeah, i didn't even think about that you're absolutely right we should do that and 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 it was the years of experience combined with the ability to think quickly and just condense the information that you were just handed in in a heartbeat Mm -hmm. and spit out the correct answer I mean that you can't and his, buy that. And
1: what his emotional intelligence is is one of the one of the best I've ever seen. Both him and and Travis, the guy who ran the show right. there. You they, have they, to they be had, able to read had, people. Yeah. Oh yeah. my god. But they were absolutely stoic in how they dealt. And I'm over here going, Wow, ah, "This is not it. <laughs> this it's time to flip desks." And they're like, "Just calm the hell down."
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm like, "How can you do that?" And, and what was weird is is that like if you're in the military, they they teach you. Especially uh, in my experience in the Navy, when things went sideways, they taught you to deal with the issue right then and there of what you got to do. Make a snap decision, do the right decision, do what you got to do to get. Then when you're when it's all done, they fall apart on mm-hmm. your time, and that's exactly what would happen. We would keep it together, and what was all said and done, and we were safe, we'd go. we we well, just all fall apart. And everybody did the same damn thing.
0: Right.
1: And I thought. Okay, that and and having having read enough books on combat and stuff like that and known how people who have been in it, that's exactly what happens. Is under fire, you either you either there and you're you're doing your best to keep it together, or you completely crack,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you completely fall apart, and you never know how it's going to go until you hit that point. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And every time I thought, man, I think I could do this, I realize, nah, no, nah, not at all. <laughs> you know, no. Like, like, no, I know my limitations. Yeah. And if I, if I bounce back and just take care of this thing and do it well, right, then that employer could, could get the benefit of me focusing on that thing and being very good at that. And that's mm-hmm. it. Like, I don't need to be good at a million things. I just need right. to be good at a couple of things and just, and, and it's Okay. Like, that's what I've come to accept as I'm okay. I'm right. okay just doing what I do, go home, <laughs> go do something else. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it's okay. It's okay to, to know where you fit in the scheme of
2: things. Right. Now, let me ask you something. I, I know you mentioned somewhere, I think one of your Instagram posts, you said you guys are looking for people that are in the union. Have you found anyone to interview that was that's currently in the union?
1: We'd have to talk to Gage. But, yeah, he did – I think he was going to interview – we're going to set up uh, somebody with uh, with IBW to talk to them. Like, he's already gotcha. talked to their – I don't but know if it's a training or something.
2: for the most part, your podcast, your guests are pretty much all non-union side. Yeah, but I, but yeah. I have no
1: bone to, to pick with them. I just sure. – You know.
2: It, it, to me, so it's kind of interesting. So I've seen both sides of that. I, I, I spent about – Because you it,
1: were in the union. I mean, you saw it.
2: Briefly, yeah. So – so, I spent a year at Salem Fire Alarm, mm-hmm. and I spent six, seven months at Dinah. So, so like, I dipped my toe in a little bit mm-hmm. here and there. So, just my perspective on being both sides, I feel like we're in two different worlds. It's it's very interesting how you have people that are diehard union, and that's all they're ever going to be, mm-hmm. and you have people that are diehard hate the union. And it's like, so, I'm ambivalent. I've seen both sides, and they're not that different. But there is a difference, and a lot of it is is like mentality.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So, IBW, I'm in the 270 because it's all. I, I'm uh, McMinnville just south of the border enough that it's in their mm-hmm. jurisdiction. So it's not 48, <laughs> right? So basically, it's it just it to me. It felt weird, and I'm going to use the term weird because that was just my honest my my impression of it. First time you go out into the union it's all about all these paperwork and rules and you're on the books for 270 but then if you want to go to 48 you have to go up there and transfer your books or someone deal and and then you take a call and you go to this company but you don't always get a say in like where you go and what mm-hmm. you're doing it's just so with dyna like you're just a meat in the grinder you're like hey you're a warm body and you're showing up and they don't care what your experience is or what mm-hmm. you've done before go put this uh you know cable tray together yeah, and hang be, it up. You and, should
1: be proficient in everything across the board. Right. Because you've like, been trained for five years. And, and they the just tossed
2: you around, do whatever you want to do, boom, boom, boom. Now, it was totally different, though, going to Salem Fire Alarm, because you were there to do a job, and mm-hmm. like they would actually try to train you and, and and treat you like a real employee. So that was like... But in both cases, the real weirdness is that there's an imbalance. To me, what what feels like is everyone in the union is equal. Mm-hmm. So, the guy that just got his card yesterday is getting paid the same as the guy that's been here ten years. Mm-hmm. So you're all the same. well, that's that's great in some ways. It's you know, but at the same time, I think what was what was out of balance was all your family members are on their insurance,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: they get it for free. There's no premiums, nothing. that's that's fantastic. If you' got five kids, they're all getting health insurance mm-hmm. for free. Right. If you have no kids and you're not married, you don't get kicked back any extra it's like it's kind of a use or lose it kind of right, deal right,
0: yeah.
2: uh you get no paid time off they they kind of kick you like this little stipend you know to you to save up and that's what you spend if you have time off but you know so
1: it's a different world isn't
2: it it's a different world yeah and so so i'm kind of on the fence like yes the union's a good thing the union when it originally started we we drove up the cost of labor we we Gave people better rights, and, and I'm in favor of the union in principle, um, but it just felt like a cult. Like it was, it was. The, so we had a new, we had what they call a welcoming ceremony for the new new uh, inductions at, at 270, and it was like. They had this pledge we read off and it was like, you know, I vowed to hold up the values of the union and blah blah blah, and some crusty old timer that was probably sixty five years old, he's up there, you know, hold this sacred, you know, your brothers stand with you and they some of them died for these benefits and blah yeah. blah And I'm just looking around going, These guys are Nazi, you know, but well, they,
1: they take it very seriously. Yes. Because of the and I and I get it, because there's only like seven percent of the workforce is unionized. Right. Out of so ninety three percent is not so most people have not experienced union. You know, I've been in and out of a couple of them. I'm in one now because there's one that represents us at OHSU. So right. I'm in one. I don't agree with everything they do, but I've been unrepresented and I've been represented, and I'll take the representation over the unrepresented un- right. under the under over the unrepresented. But I agree. There's I don't, I don't always agree with it. I don't always agree with some of the decisions made. But right. that's part of, of you know, you've got to deal with what it is, not what it ain't.
2: Theoretically, everyone has a vote. You all kind of mm-hmm. decide where the ship goes. But the and-
1: open pay scale is brilliant because because when you come into a small company or, or any company at all, and you don't know what the hell this guy's making. Right. And you've been there for five years, and this guy just came out off the street. And this happened to me at, at when, when I was working for Simplex. I'm teaching a guy how to work on a fire panel.
2: They're paying him more than you. And, and he
1: goes, he goes I don't know if I could do this for, you know, he blurted out what he's making an hour, and I just dropped the leads. I had a, had a fluke up there, and I just dropped the leads. and went, ah, oh, shit.
0: Really? <laughs> I said, Joe, you're making
1: two bucks more an hour and me? i, mean, I got to teach you how to do my goddamn job? What the hell? Right. And when I went back to the management, they went, no. we, we You came in at this rate. And we can't advance you. We don't have the mechanism in place to move your pay up to make you comparable because those rules don't exist. And I said, "You have to quit and come back." Yeah, exactly. So I got (laughs) to quit and come back. And 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 this was years years before it was ever it was was still a private company. Right. Before it was ever bought by Tyco. And so I was like, you know, Mm -hmm. when I left and went to the Hill the first time, I like you. I got like a six dollar an hour raise. I couldn't believe it. I was like in Fat City. Well, you know, there were different rules up there. It was unionized. There were all these different things you had to do. Uh, but every but you basically knew where everybody's scale was. you know if yeah. you were a tech three, you knew what their you know basically what their brackets were. Every company I worked for after I left the hill, and then now that I'm back, th- their their scales were,, you, we have these bands, mm-hmm. right? But depends on what was happening, where people were at. And, of course, all the technicians always talk, Uh right? And, you you know, oh, you're not supposed to talk about pay. Well, that's the first thing people talk about. (laughs) So you're like, well, this is is the 800-pound gorilla in the room. Everybody's talking about, for Christ's sakes. Right. Okay. You know?
2: And I think that's a, you've been, it's been very different. There's been a paradigm shift since the internet came around and everyone's on mm-hmm. glass door and they're sharing, yeah, exactly. you know, yeah. and back in the day you couldn't, it wasn't so easy. You had to kind of like, Hey buddy, you know, what's, yeah. what are you making these days? And it was all kind of touchy feely. And so mm-hmm. this, this concept of you can be autonomous on the internet and just kind of you're, you're, you're just putting these reviews out and nobody really has to know who you are Mm -hmm. and and you can share information about wage and that kind of thing you know that's doing that's sort of doing the job that the union was doing as far as equalizing people Mm -hmm. and keeping people educated and so yeah i I think and i'm totally for the union i i absolutely agree that people like in starbucks and amazon yes they should be unionizing we need to give people better Better living conditions, better treatment. You know, it's outrageous that you take a half hour break at Amazon and the ten minute walk from your station there and back. That's it's a part of your break. Yeah, yeah.
1: and yeah. so
2: it's like you know what? Amazon has billions and billions of dollars coming out their ears. They could treat the average person but better, it
1: but it ain't going to the employee, <laughs> it's right? Going, it's going to it's going to somebody, that's right? Who's going to build some phallic shaped rocket to fly to, moon, to the moon? I get it. Yeah, but at the same point in time. And that's and that's where you know I you see you see the same thing I see I see the pros and the cons
2: right I, which is I, which is better for our industry which is better for know? the industry
1: which is better and which is better for small companies because right. I've run a small company and when I ran a small company when I owned my own company I couldn't afford a union I just couldn't yeah I mean I couldn't I did provide health care for all my employees I did you know I bought Kaiser I paid I offset most of those costs I did what I could. Because I'm kind of I kind of lean that way, in my my political makeup. But it it what yeah. was one it was one small blip, you know, in a sea of blips. Right. It doesn't matter what the hell I dare thought.
2: I think the biggest reason. So again, there's not a huge huge difference in pay and benefits and so forth, union or non-union. It, it's 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 kind of similar. There are some differences, but. The biggest reason I went non-union and I stayed out was it was really hard to find a company that I liked in the union mm-hmm. that wasn't doing all construction or they didn't have some, you know, weird hang up or whatever. And so it was there was so many more choices outside the union where I could say, yes, I like the way these people do it. I want to work there. And I had that freedom just to go there and, and sign up, and I didn't have to jump through all the hoops. Right. Right. So, yeah. You, you it, were free. You, you were, you
1: were yeah. independent. You're like an independent.
2: I'm very mercenary. You know, yeah. that, that, that's, <laughs> that is literally the way I would describe myself. It's like, you know what? I am an electrical mercenary. I Stand I, I am not loyal to any company because the only reason I'm there is for you to give me a paycheck. I don't care about your brand. I don't mm-hmm. care about your, your whatever. It's just, you know... I will do everything for your customers that I did for the other company as yep. long as you treat me right and that was it. So yeah, it comes down to personality. Well you I know? think it
1: would be I think I think it's an open invitation to get IBW either either 48 or 270 here to talk yeah. give them give me your side of it for Christ's sakes because there's nothing yeah. wrong with it. there's I blunt asked me so I wouldn't have an me a guy here but at least at least talk about it you know and then and, and do talk about some of the, some of the pros and some of the cons. Right. You know what I'm saying? I've i I know we're gonna close it down here a little bit. But I was when I was working for Simplex, uh I ran sideways with uh, some guys from O was it OEG? Sounds right. It was either O. E. G. or or I don't know, one of those like one of those big huge companies, right? right. EC, I think it was O. E. Anyway, this was years ago. We were working on a place that's no longer in business and um, I came in the wrong goddamn gate. Mm-hmm. I came in the wrong gate. Didn't know it. I was actually going from one side of the factory to the other, and You're happened a to come scab. in the gate. Oh my god!
0: Oh my <laughs> I've god! Ran into that, and yeah. These
1: guys. These guys. Where where they they went crazy? They went crazy on me, and I finally I've you know you push all my buttons, I'll react. I mean, I'm just like any <laughs> other you know idiot, and I just said, oh my god, if you don't shut up. I'm gonna drive in and out of this goddamn gate seven more times. Okay, stop Put your big boy pants on pull yourself up and go to work and stop worrying about who came in what damn gate mm-hmm. Okay, and, and honestly, it was like and I mean and I had one of the superintendents pull me up and said you can't do this You can't talk to our people this way and I said all you got to do is f- go back to work. You've made your point mm-hmm. Okay don't keep here and pummel me. Don't beat me up over over something so trivial. Yeah. Stop, okay? At some point, we have to we have to literally get over ourselves and what are we here to do? We're here to fix stuff and wire mm-hmm. it, install it and put it in. okay? Yes, you made your point. Everybody can now, you want you' here you want you to cry towel? Come on. <laughs> Enough and uh and it 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 literally was was i mean i thought you know i had another one when i when i worked for another place where uh one of the guys you know said look you you shouldn't be doing this work because it's it, this is another another union and uh i said i know your bylaws better than you hmm. and if you don't like what i'm doing grieve it oh i can't grieve it if i grieve it i'll be blacklisted and i went so <laughs> So then, the idea is that you're going to come pressure me because you don't have the stones to go grieve this. Well, I'm going to continue to do this work because, homie, I got to eat, and that's what it boiled down to. So I, like I said, I, I've I've got a love hate sort of relationship with some of them, but in my experience, it's been it's it's been hot or cold. It's it's very very rarely has it been right down the middle. Like, God, this really feels good. I'm either getting my ass beat or I'm chasing somebody down the street. Right. I, literally came, I literally came out of a Home Depot with a four foot pipe wrench over my, or uh, two foot pipe wrench over my shoulder. I just bought, <laughs> I just bought it. And ran into two guys, one from each of the two unions, one from a mechanical union, and they said, what are you doing with that? <laughs> because they could see my see my uniform, see the van of the company I work for.
2: You're not a plumber. You're not
1: using that, are you? And I went, yeah, I'm using that. I also test back for, what the, Why are you doing? Why are you conflict with me in the middle of a, of, a, of a parking lot at a Home Depot? I know how to use the wrench for other things. Jeez. So anyway, you yeah. get me all riled up, man.
2: Thanks for listening to the Half-Watt Podcast. We always want to hear from you, and we encourage you to email us at halfwattpod at gmail.com with questions or even your own stories. Funny, crazy, or praiseworthy, we want to hear it all. You can follow us on Instagram at halfwattpod to stay up to date on our feed. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And share us with a friend, the best way to help us grow. The Half-Watt Podcast is a production of Now Hear This Studios.